welcome to episode number one two of the Vex on Vex podcast. My name is Vex X. We're joined today with David. Hey, what's happening? What's happening, man? Nothing. Here we are. So we were laughing off microphone about the setup of the microphone configuration. It's a struggle. And the new Focusrite system that we have. There's a little plug for Focusrite, you motherfuckers. And you're like, I, I said, I love it that you call them motherfuckers right out the gate. That's that's solid. I do like Focusrite. Here's the thing. So I'll do like a free ad. You ready for a free ad? Focusrite. Free ad. This is the old one. Look how nice my face looks on camera. Okay. This is my original Focusrite. For real. This shit held up through hundreds of podcasts because I had a thing with Johnny Zero before that was called the TV Dads Wrestling Federation. You ever heard about that? No. I could explain it. It's a little fucking weird. It's fucked up. I've got all day. Fire away. Let's hear it. All right. I just said the F word 36 times, right? Yeah. I'm trying not to say the F word going forward because it's like, I'm like, that fucking fuck, right? I got I to gotta stop that. Yeah, fuck that. So I got to, you know. So the focus right. Here we go. This was the generation I had previously. Scarlet 212. It, uh, it worked very great, actually, and I really loved it a lot. But it kind of conked out on me and then I was dating this pretty fantastic girl and for my birthday she got me a new one now you don't care about this but I'm going to tell the people out there I had to watch a YouTube video about it too there's a thing that's called air it's a setting that you can't hit a button on the new focus right and make the microphones just for a room like so we can talk on them so that we had like a couple episodes didn't sound right and I couldn't figure out why and I'm like there's no one so you have to go into the settings on your computer not a button and hit the air mode and the original focus right automatically defaulted to air just had a button yeah and buttons are cool but it didn't have it so it was a thing so i'm not smart i'm not tech savvy and you had said elon musk is smart what is your take on the whole twitter universe thing like for real i'm all about it okay i'm so cool with it okay i I, look the man's got a lot of money yeah the man bought a company (laughs) <laughs> you can do whatever you want with it. Yes. And that's exactly what he's doing. And then it's not, it's it's freedom of speech. That's kind of the whole point. Look, as 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 who we are, Yes. Uh, freedom of speech is like the most paramount thing to me. Exactly the adjective that, I would have used that, to. That at any point, can I get up there and say whatever I damn well please? Yes. And I have, and I will continue to do so. All right. Do you remember every show because you had a drinking past? Do I remember? Mostly, yeah. Okay, yeah. so, because you'd always partied after, right? Like, you yeah. never partied before. Did you, would you get loose and say outlandish stuff on stage? Oh, or? yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do, do you have any idea what you did? I, I, the, probably one of the worst things I had was, uh, what is that bar right next to the electric factory? <gasps> the Foundry? It, or? No, now, it was Whiskey Dicks at one point. Whiskey Dicks, that's what it was. It oh, was my God, what, I Dicks. had a meltdown at Whiskey Dicks. What did you do? Okay, so, in one of the rare instances that I actually had a heckler. Okay. A dude was, like, yelling shit at us while we were on stage. And I don't know where it came from, but outside, you know, they have those big, you know, ceiling to floor windows that look out to the street. Of course. And literally an ice cream truck pulled up and I literally just harassed the dude. I was like, why don't you go get me fucking ice cream? Why don't you go out there and get me some fucking ice cream right now? Fuck you. And your band just allowed you to go like on this Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, we were laughing about it. It was hilarious. Mine is nowhere near as fun or colorful if you want to hear mine. Yes, I do. Oh, mine's pretty bad. (laughs) Yes. Dude, meltdowns. Hilarious. (sighs) Full disclosure, before I tell my meltdown story, my first wife passed away on Mischief Night 2004. So from like Halloween 04, 
until at least Halloween 05, I was kind of out of my mind. Not in a great spot. Like, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs. I bet a lot of women because I don't want to feel stuff. You know what I mean? You kind of like yeah. fuck the pain away or something. Uh, I said it again. F the pain away. And um, I was in a very bad place. So she passes away. And we played there. This was like weeks after. We never stopped. Like I didn't miss a band practice. Yeah. I didn't do anything because like you don't want to be in your house right. you when that happens. Alone in your own head. You want to be yeah. just doing anything. So we kept touring. We kept playing. Everything was normal. Everything was normal. So as normal as it gets for us. Exactly. But I was raw emotionally. So we go, and so I'm gonna say it's like maybe around Thanksgiving. But it was warmish that time of the year. It wasn't cold, but it wasn't like warm. You know what I mean? It was like nice. It was pleasant. Much like today. Exactly. It's a lovely day today. And today's December already, by the way. So okay, we set up. We roll into Whiskey Dicks. We always have roadies. We always did. I don't know what that's about. For some reason, we don't want to carry our own stuff. The roadies put the gear in. They set it up. And you know, a lot of cabinets and amplification and blah blah blah. So we're there. We start like talking to some women. We're like having a moment. It was pretty good. It was like a positive day. And we went on, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night in that, in that window. We weren't the last band. And we're playing on stage. And someone had told me that that club was about to flip to cover bands. In the new year, which would have been 05, the theory was they were going to be a cover club. Because that makes more money, really. Yeah. So in the middle of our set, I get the microphone. I'm like, I heard this place is turning into cover bands. We don't like cover bands around here. You know, my best southern accent. And I'm like talking trash. So I do that. Let me go to the next song. As I'm playing, and Sam's doing a solo on this song called Sevens, I wrote for my wife before she passed away. So I'm already like in my head, and I have a whole thing. I step aside. I'm taking which, a drink of water. I just heard the other day, which is a spectacular too. Thanks, buddy. Awesome. I, I pre- you need two guitar players, but we never play it. And we used to have two. So we're there. he's in the middle. He's doing this monster solo. And the owner puts his hand on my shoulder. He came backstage. And he spins me around. And I'm like, what? And he's like... We're not a cover bar! Blah, 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 blah! And then he just walks off. I walk up and grab the microphone, and I was like, stop the song! Oh, shit. Stop the song! I'm like, you put your hands on me, right? Now, he's running away at this point. He gets off the stage. He goes behind the bar. Bro, I grab the microphone of this man's PA and chase him, and I run to the bar. I'm on the bar! <laughs> screaming, and like, all right, I'm already a little tall. And he's shorter than I am. And now I'm like six feet or not, I mean, four feet taller than I am because I'm on a bar. So I'm 10 feet tall yelling at him. You know what I mean? And now it's like silent. The band's not playing. I'm like, you were going to touch or put your hands on me. And he starts just like, and I'm like, talk. And I, I, and I won't, all right. Remember Roddy Piper, the wrestler? Yeah. Roddy Piper had this rule. If he interviewed you, you hold the microphone. You never give them the mic right. so you can pull it away. So I hold it down. I'm like, say your piece, man. He's like, this is not a cover band bar. Blah, 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 blah. And you guys, you, you got to get off my stage. And I'm like, I look at the crowd. I'm like, do you want us to finish? Or do you want us to pack up? And the crowd's like, ah, finish. And I look at him and he's like, all right, you can finish your set. So we get back. And now while I'm doing this, I don't see any of this. I'm screaming at him. Our roadies have done like a wall behind me. And the Bouncers are coming to kill me. And the roadies, the roadies are like, he's not going to hit him. Vex is not going to hit him. You cannot touch Vex. And I don't know why the roadies back down from these. I'm sorry. The bouncers back down from our greasy roadies. I don't know why. I should have gotten beat up. I didn't get beat up. And we finished the set. <laughs> and you never played there again. Hold on. We were barred for life. Yeah. Right? That means you're doing something right. I did play there again. Yeah, you did. And then as soon as we played there again, then they closed permanently. And now it's called something else, and it's like 15 owners later, and it's a whole thing. But it did happen. I did have a meltdown at Whiskey Dicks. Now, there's a list. 
Any bar that ever crossed Starscream is no longer in business. Whiskey Dicks was one. We got in a fight with the guys at the Big Grape Street. They don't yep. exist anymore. Like if I if if I write you an email calling you out, you're not in business anymore, which is a little weird. I got I got vengeance issues. So oh, and then after she passed away, for like two years I had no filter. If there was bullshit, I called bullshit. I'm like, I don't care. What are you gonna do? I was I was out of my mind for a while. Yeah, it was a thing. I think I think one of my other best meltdowns I think I had was that Crocodile Rock in Allentown. I never played it, but I know it. So what oh, happened? I had a colossal meltdown. I went after the promoter there. While on stage or post? Post. What happened? Tell me the story. Uh, so you remember uh, Cellar Door? Of course I do. That's how yeah. we met, really. Yes. Years and years ago, I was in a band called Cellar Door. <clears throat> Cellar Door was a cool band. I really enjoyed that band. Um, but we got booked to open for the Spin Doctors. Now, but Crocodile Rock. They were definitely... Down at that point. Way past their Yeah, prime. yeah, yeah. I remember. Way past their moment in the sun. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Because we're talking like 92 is their zenith. Yeah. And this was like 2000 and something. So. Yeah. So 10 years later. Yes. So uh, the guy who booked the show, we played there a couple times in the past. And the dude was always kind of a dick. Do you know his name? I, Tom Taylor. Okay. Is the guy's name. Thank you, Mr. Taylor. Keep going. Yeah, I can tell you more stories about him. Oh, we why will. He wasn't the promoter and because, you know, someone found out that he was sneaking 15 year olds in the back door. At least they were boys or girls. Which they wasn't. were girls. That's all right. It's a little yeah, creepy. And then, you know, they, you know, feed them alcohol and take them backstage and, you know. Oh, my God. For a, real. A thousand percent. This is a real thing. Welcome to rock and roll, my friend. <laughs> yeah. F that guy. F that guy. Are you out there? F you. We don't I like kid. You. Kid touchers are bad. Not a fan. I didn't like him before I found that out because I didn't find that out until years later. And now you fucking hate him. So I get it. I just feel justified, honestly. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, fuck that guy. I was right. What a dick. Yeah. So he books this show and I don't know how he thought this show was going to go down because it was like an all, all day thing. Like it started at like 1 p.m. They all do when they do that national stuff. And cool, whatever, fine. But he didn't book he didn't set any breakdown and setup times into the schedule never do like okay your band plays till 2 30 and then the next band is scheduled to be on at 2 30 yeah that's not gonna fly you're gonna run behind massively massively so by the time we got there and we're supposed to go on two bands before the headliner we are hours delayed and he is like bumping bands oh my god yeah I'm like, I sold more tickets for this show than, anybody. than any other band yeah. here. I have like 60 people here from south of Philly to come up to Allentown to your venue, and you're going to bump me? And maybe I might have had a little too much to drink that day. Back <laughs> in my drinking days. Um, and they were doing... They were doing something. They had an upstairs and a downstairs. The main stage was upstairs, and there was like a downstairs, like crap room. Like we've all been through, like this. the balcony at the truck. <clears throat> yeah, that little bar. Right. He's like, "Well, if you guys don't want to get bumped, you can play after the headliner downstairs." <gasps> well, all right. To be fair, to be honest, for a second, there's a very good chance a lot of people are sticking around post headliner to drink. That is a thing. Like a, an after party is a thing. Right. But that wasn't the arranged deal. Of course. So I'd had too much to drink. 
And now I'm getting into it with this dude, and he's kind of being indignant about it. And I'm not really paying attention to my actions. And the next thing I know, I realize that I am, like, nose to nose with this dude. Like, he's backed up against the wall, and I'm poking him in the chest, and there's, like, bouncers behind me. Awesome. Uh, I don't feel bad about it. Yeah. Like, afterwards, everybody was like, everyone there thought you were going to beat the shit out of him. As well, you should have. Actually. I'm like, I had no intentions of causing any physical damage to this dude. That wasn't in my head. I was just mad. I was yelling. And I guess, look, I don't look like the most inviting dude. No, I don't want to fight you. I really don't. You get your hands on someone, it's going to be a problem. It is. I'm not. I'm not dealing with any of that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not dealing with any of that. So yeah, that was pro- That was probably my biggest blow up ever. Was at Crocodile Rock. That's interesting. I all right. I, I have another one ready. Yes, let's do this. This one, this, this whole segment was completely unplanned, by the way. They always are. This happened out of nowhere. This one is fantastically irresponsible. I can speak about it because the legal statutes of limitations have elapsed, okay? Perfect. Yeah, I don't know. Something happened outside. <laughs> legal statute of limitations. Okay. Oh, 20 years. Let me do math. Okay. You know the band, I can't think of the name. This is so awful. They just toured. All right. Remember the the dolls, the dolls. What were they called? The Goo Dolls? No, 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 the no, New no. New York Dolls? That, we opened for them. Nice. At the truck, actually. This is this is where this took. I, I'm really embarrassed to say. I'm, I'm, I'm live on the microphone, and my brain's like, yeah, yeah, you're not going to think of this name at all. Yeah, not today. Joey Jordanson from Slipknot had a side band. Oh, the Murder Dolls. The Murder Dolls. The singer of the Murder Dolls has his own thing. Okay. Is it Wednesday? 13. Okay. Wednesday 13's do, just did their 20th anniversary tour. That band started the same year Starscream did. So it's our 20th year. It's their 20th year. On their 10th anniversary tour, which is exactly 10 years ago, I think right before I bought this house, we get the opening slot to open up for them, which is awesome. And we kind of got, we got effed a little bit. Like the Wednesday 13's come in, there were like three openers and then Wednesday 13. And we get like the seven o'clock spot. So the seven, the eight, the nine, Wednesday yeah. 13 goes to the 10, right? And I was a little annoyed about it because I knew we had sold a lot of tickets, just like you were talking yeah. about. But I'm also, I'm like, I'm going to steal this show if I can, if oh, I can, yeah. right? That's 100% always your goal if so that happens. I, I, we're on stage and these kids, God bless them, showed up early. So it's 7 o'clock. It's already a half-full venue. By the time Wednesday went on, it's packed at the Trocadero. But when the floor is half-full, it's still fun. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's hundreds of people. So these kids are there. If you have no one even in that back area, from where you're at, it still looks massively And they were loud, and they they wanted a show. So I'm like, all right, we're going to do a real show, man. Bring out all the amps, the big thing. I mean, it's a truck, right? And we have a banner, a national banner. So they hang the national force. It's like a thing. So here we go. We come out. We're going to open up the show. And we go out, and I know they don't know us. So we come out. We do a blistering, like, well, first tune, second tune. And then I'm like, what's our name? And they're like, eh, nothing. I'm like, all right, bet. You're going to know my name by the end of this set. So we keep playing. And I say to the roadies, go backstage and get me two cases of CDs. Just get me two cases of CDs. I'm going to just throw – and this is 10 years ago. CDs are still a thing. Yeah. So while we're playing, me and the roadies during Sam's guitar solos are throwing CDs into the crowd for the kids. And these little girls and these kids are grabbing them. These goth kids. Fucking awesome, right? Oh, yeah. After that, 
I, I start and, and I'm, I'm, and I'm like, what's our name? And star scream. And I'm like, when you leave, you're going to know who we are. Cause you know, we get the state, the name on the stage and the whole thing. I want them to know who we are. Now, a couple more songs go by. Now it's towards the end of the set. Maybe it's mid or something. We're playing. And I got the roadie still throwing out CDs. I'm like, I don't care. Throw out 200 CDs. I don't give a yeah. shit. Every kid gets it. And there was one guy, one guy, and he was batting them down as they were thrown into the audience out of people's hands, which really upset me, right? It's a dick move. It dick move. So at the end of the song, I go stage right. I get the microphone. Typical Axl Rose BS style. And I'm like, what is your problem? You know what I mean? And he's like, I hate your band. And I'm like, I'm going to see you after the set. <laughs> And I didn't really mean it. I didn't mean it. But I said we it. Did. And then we didn't. But we so we keep playing. And it goes off really well. We get off their screaming star scream. As an opener for a seven o'clock slot, That's you can't beat you can't it. You can't be, yeah, right? So I'm a happy guy. I go backstage, I go out, I get like kids are coming up for us to sign these free CDs they got. I'm like, this is awesome. So I start signing, I start signing it. And there were friends of ours. Like I said, we sold a lot of tickets. And we had an underage girl there. Oh, I'm not going to say your name, but you know what you did. So we're there. This kid, I'm, I'm like 6'1", six, 6 foot-ish, right in that range. This kid's about my height, but he weighs like 120 pounds. Long, greasy black yeah. hair. He's an adult. He's not a baby, but he's not, I'm a grown man at this. I'm in my 30s, right? He's not, he's not in his 30s. And so he's just standing there like mean mug. And I'm like, I woke up and I'm like, what's your problem? Like, what's your beef, man? I was trying to be like, you know, yeah. peaceable and kind and all that stuff. And he's like, I just hate your band. I, I, hate, I hate your band. And I was just like, what? Like I bitch slapped him. Yes. I put up to the side. I was just like, oh, you know. And so he's, he comes back and now he's going to punch me and a female fan of the Starscream hold off and broke his nose. Yes. So the guy goes, go, 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 go. And I just turn my back and keep signing CDs. Security comes. My friend, the girl, runs out the door. Boom. Because she's going to go to jail. They they kick the kid out. The kid can't see Wednesday 13 now. And I'm still signing CDs. Now remember, I may have slapped him across the face. Maybe. Like a lady. Allegedly. And the Allegedly. whole the whole band was there signing CDs and saw me do this. I was like, you don't like Like, I don't know. I just, I couldn't, I don't know why. It very upset me. So I did this. That's awesome. That's a good move. It's, oh, it wasn't. It's, it's immature. I own a house. I own a business. Like, be an adult, Right. So they kick him out. Security eventually comes and finds me. This beautiful little um, woman with brunette hair, very cute. She's like, hi, did you beat up a member of the audience tonight? And no. I'm backstage and I'm like, I did not at all. I would, I would, never, I would never do that. <laughs> I, it's like I was in um, Ron Burgundy and, and yeah. he was like, I would never say fuck. I would never fucking say that. I was like, I would never do that. And, and so she believes me and she leaves. Now, the bass player of a band we used to fight with Oh, that's a whole thing. Happened to be there because he liked Wednesday 13. So I get him backstage because I don't care about this stuff. I just want to hang out. His wife's an attorney. So me and him are sitting in the corner. We're like, I wonder if I can get sued. I wonder what's going to happen. Security comes back because we're in the backstage area. And they're like, all right, listen, the kid wants to be let back in to see Wednesday 13. Or will you sign off on this? And I'm like, I will. Yeah, and they were like, on. you didn't put your hands on him? And I'm like, no, no. I would never do that. But they kind of took me like to the principal's office for real and gave me a talking to. And I was fine. So, we let the kid. so I wasn't allowed to go watch Wednesday 13 out there. I had to watch it backstage, which I didn't care which about. Which you were going to do anyway, probably. Yeah, right? Because, well, you know. I don't drink. I don't need to go out there. Right. So it, 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 Besides, it, you know, if we, you, never mind. I shouldn't say anything. 
Because every show that I've ever played at the Troc, they tell you backstage that like you're not supposed to have booze back there. Bro, I brought a big, the big bottle of Jack Daniels every single show we ever played there. Every single show. I got so so. I got caught too. At, at the beginning of this, yeah. At the beginning of this, one of the first things you asked me was, "Do I remember every show I played?" Mm-hmm. Yes, but if there was one that I say my recollections are hazy at best, sure, was the Troc. Okay. I got shmammered backstage. Shmammered. Like, bad drunk backstage of the truck. And the whole band did. The whole band was hammered. Because I don't know if people in the, in the world out there don't know this, but if you're going on stage at 10 o'clock at the truck, dude, your sound check is at like 3 in the Exactamundo. And you got this, if you're like, you know, high up on the list, like maybe like co-headliner or spot before, like, you get the cushy upstairs green room spots back there, and there's nothing to do. And I had a bottle of whiskey in my bag. And things really went south when I called my bass player's girlfriend at about 7 o'clock and said, bring another bottle to the back door. <laughs> yeah, it was... I very... There are hazy recollections of that show at best. All right, this is the side Everyone note. said it was spectacular. Like, we still played well. You always play well. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to monkey wrench this in. All right? Yes. Are you ready? This is the whole I thing. was actually trying to work it in earlier when you were talking about being on the bar and being 10 feet tall. It's already happening. All right. I was trying to find an awesome segue into you saying it. This is my new autobiography, okay? It's called 12 Feet Tall and Bulletproof. I had to read the title. Is that fucked up? You know why? I keep saying 12 foot tall. It's not. It's 12 feet tall and bulletproof. It's on lulu.com, which is a publisher. If you're interested in buying the book, I would suggest going to my Instagram page or the Starscream Facebook page or something of that nature for the link because it's hard to find online. It just got released. All right. There's a reason I'm saying this. In the book. Oh, this is like bad. Do, 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 read line. I can make up something while you're looking for a book. I'm just going to, I want to read the thing. Just trying to kill off the dead air. <laughs> Finally. Nothing so. is easy. Tour cycle, doling, rhythm section. I don't know what chapter it is. It doesn't matter. Okay. Did you write this book? It's 93 chapters. That's too many chapters. Too many chapters. They're quick, though. They're not big. They're like I quick chapters. they're quick. There's 93 of them. Starscream has a new record come out. It's called Fire and Alcohol. Now, it's not new now. It was 15 years ago, literally. And we go to the truck and we're like, hi, I want to do a co-headlining show at the Trocadero to get as many people as I can. I want Starscream to headline and somebody else. And they had suggested a band. I'm going to say the name. We kind of all made up. Whatever. If you want to sue me or fight me, I'm down with both. Just call me. But we're, we're friendly. There was a band called Sinner Saints. Sinners Saints. Now, I like... Hold on, because... Because... Oh, you just opened a, a can of worms, sir. What do you got? Can of worms. Uh, yes. Sinner Saints and Cellar Door also had beef. You know why, don't you? Anybody? Probably because my band was better than theirs. But. And anybody who was good. Anyway, I didn't say that, but I did say that. So Sinners Saints, which is a weird name grammatically. Sinner Saints I could have done with, but it was Sinners plural and Saints. They got this drummer. He really thought he was Tommy Lee. You remember that guy? Yeah. And he had the big giant kick drum. It's it's funny now. When you're done this story, I'll tell you why we had beef. And I guarantee you can't top mine. No, it, it's the stupidest thing ever. Ours is two in this bed. So Trocadero Theater. Now, I knew Donnie, the singer, kind of. At the zenith of Starscream's rising up, 
There was a time where every time we played on South Street, a place called Abilene, we'd sold it out. This is 100%. If we played Abilene, it got you couldn't get in. You couldn't get in. We played there a billion times. It, you couldn't get in. We could play there on a Thursday, and you couldn't get in. It, like, it went up the street. Oh, they're here. Stars from here. Come. It was always a fun time. So Donnie's circling with his original incarnation of Center Saints. This is not, the one you know is not the original lineup. People think it is, but I know the original lineup, right? So the original lineup comes in like, hey, buddy, can we open up for you? That'd be great. I'm like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Of course you can open up. Give me your information. We need openers all the time. We chew them up. It's kind of like when Hulk Hogan was the champion in WWF and he would wrestle people and chew them up and get rid of them because nobody wanted to follow us, right? So I was like, all right, I'm going to give you a good slot. <laughs> We go on, I said I'll go on at 11, you go on at 12. If you do well and you pull your own people, it'll be a good day for you because a lot of people here, if you can keep them, you can keep them. No one ever kept them. Well, a couple times. So, I get them a show and they don't bring anybody. It's a ghost town. So now I'm annoyed. I'm like, okay, you didn't promote, you didn't do shit. Like I gave you a month, you had maybe six weeks to get your show together. It was a Saturday night, Abilene. I go on at 11, I'm off by 12, you're on at 12.05 or 12.15, no one's there. That's bad for business, right? Yeah. That's a problem. So now you're in my head as kind of a dick. That's 05. Now 08 rolls around. Now my record's coming out. I go to the promoter, um, Praying Manus. That's who it was. Yeah, Steve. Good guy. Good guy. Not the smartest, not the best. Good guy, though. So if you're watching, I got love for you. For real. And the truck's coming back. Hopefully you're back in there and do some money. Anyway. So I go to him, I'm like, I want to co-headline. I want to do it. Because I can't pull it myself. But get me one of your big guys. Like, hey, Center Saints does really well here. I'm like, whoa, what? He's like, I swear to God. Center Saints pulls. And I'm like, all right, we're going to do Starscream, Center Saints. And I think we made them go after us on purpose because I want to go and hang out under the crowd after the set, right? So while we're on stage and it's our record release party and it's a whole thing and we have like press there, it was fun time. I'm not even making this up, okay? I brought a big bottle of Jack Daniels, the big one, like I always do to every show at the truck because I know the dime bag story, right? right. When you go backstage and, and, and you want to be that guy. I always want to be that guy. I want to meet all the opening bands. I want to hang out. I want to have fun. So I always bring my own whiskey. Just a quick interlude. What I used to do on top of that, on top of having my own booze there, you know, the bands that were playing earlier in the day, Yeah, they got stuck down in the shit smelly dress. And you bring them up to I'm yours. Like, I'm like, yo, we're in the big room. Yep. Everybody come up and hang yep. out with us, please. Mm. I got to be honest. Sometimes the best times I had was being down in the shitty rooms with them, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, they have fun. Well, no, I moved the party. Like, real stuff was happening. Like, it was good times. Oh, there was shit happening. Believe me. <laughs> so, we had the master one with the bathroom yeah. and the shower. We had the master suite. But I wasn't in there. I'm with the opening bands. See, you have a better trick than I do. I should do that trick. I would hang out with them in the doldrums, right? We get on stage, we do our set while we are playing. I'm not even making this up. Hand to God. Someone shit on the floor in the bathroom of our dressing room. Wow. Now, it was a shared dressing room because it was Sinner Saints and Starscream. Yep. I know when I'm on stage, all my roadies, I can see them, and I'm playing. So nobody in my entourage do this. Nobody. Yeah. And we play. When the Sinner Saints goes on, I went out to the crowd, and I was upstairs in the bar hanging out with my friends. It was my record release party. Our record release party, right? And then we pack up, and we left. I didn't even go back to the dressing room once I played. I didn't have to. There was yeah. nothing in there for me. I, all my shit was really in the, in the opening. There's a guy named Tim Day. Do you know Tim Day? Yeah. Tim Day was one of the opening acts on that show. Okay. And his band, they were called Zero to Launch. I hung out with Tim Day and his boys all day. So I just stayed in their room, which was the one down the hallway. Not the bottom one, but down the hallway. So yeah. all my shit was in their room. No problem. Dude, we get a call the next day from the promoter. He's like, in your dressing room, someone shit on the floor. And I know I didn't do it. Like, I know I didn't do it. It's in the book. 
And so we were barred. Barred because they didn't Center Saints wouldn't do this. I'm like, what are you fucking insane? I've been around the country, the world. I've been to fucking Europe. I didn't shit on the floor. I wouldn't shit on the floor. So we were barred for like six months from the truck. But we got, we got back in. You, no. You should have booked Cellar Door on that show instead of Center Saints. I didn't book him. He picked him. That's the thing. He fucking picked him. Now I got to hear your story. What was my story? Center Saints. Center Saints. What's the beef? Okay. So everybody that knows my band, you included, mm-hmm. all know that for a hundred years, What's on my mic stand? The flag, the flag, right. the, the bandana. I hang my American flag bandana always from my mic. Stand. Always. I don't need to get into reasons. But no, it's, it's personal. It's, it's personal. Very personal and very important to me that it is there. It's my thing. It's, it's you know a dedication to somebody who's not around anymore. I've done it for what 15, 20 years. Twenty now. years. Twenty years. It's my thing. Sinner Saints used to. Uh, do the Steven Tyler thing. I remember. And hang a bunch of bandanas off. I remember. I remember. We played a show with them. And we went on before they did. And he asked me to leave my bandana on the mic stand. And I said no. And he got mad about it. Well, fuck him. That's when we had beef. That was the whole beef he like got indignant about that I wouldn't let him have my shit up there at the same time. He was really tall and very wiry. And the now, there was another time I want to tell my second story. This one's more petty. And I almost, I threatened to kill the whole band. <laughs> and and listen, this is, a good, this is a good story. So now, this is after the shitting stuff. The shitting stuff had happened. It's over, right? You're already on my radar. Yeah, you're a piece of shit. You fucked me in 05. You shit on the floor in 08. You're a piece of shit. Well, now it's like 09-ish, right? Remember the Cherrywood over in Jersey? Yes. So we're playing. Cherrywood we're, Rock Club. We're yeah. booked for the Cherrywood Rock Club. We had changed drummers again because that's kind of what the fuck we do. Why um, are you going to do that again? Just, oh, wait. Oh, funny thing that just happened. Today was the day, actually. So we go to play the show. We pull up the big star screen bus, the whole thing, and it's a house kit. Center Saints plays before us. No problem. We, we're, we're not worried about Center Saints. Do your fucking set. And I know they shit on the floor, and they know I know. They know I know. Because I know I didn't do it. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not an animal. Like, I just, I'm not that guy. Right. So somebody in their camp, all right, so they play the set. They do their whole thing. They get down. We're setting up. We play our set. Everything is smooth. I go out, and somebody broke the taillight on the bus. A, do you know how hard it is to get bus parts? Probably not easy. Not easy. Not fucking easy. I mean, probably easier now. But, but not in 2009. Right. So they broke the t- Someone breaks the taillight. So I'm covered in my whore makeup bloody eyes and I'm livid now with the time we had a drummer his name was Matt Matt is kind of a bear 6'4 260 270 heavy but muscle if Matt gets his hands on anybody they don't live anymore and I know this he's my boy right so I don't I, I don't think I'm blind with rage who has the audacity to break my shit well the singer Left, which so I know it was him, right? So the singer got his fucking dude. He had a six-cylinder Camaro. <laughs> white. He gets in his white six-cylinder Camaro. Boom, he's gone. Uh, for the record, if you drive a six-cylinder Camaro, it's basically like paying a hooker to cuddle. Now I have a, I have a Corvette. Guess how many cylinders are in it? But that's fine. So he 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 leaves. I don't see him leave, but he leaves. But the guitar player, who is now my actual 
actual friend. We made friends. I respect him. He's a good guy. He's got a beautiful house. He just had a child. His wife's awesome. Good people. And he plays Les Pauls. Hey, I like Gibson, right? He's sitting in the back of his truck. And you know how you're, you're playing? You're like, ah. And maybe he was smoking a little weed. I don't know, but he was relaxing. And I walk up like, motherfucker. And I'm just, and he's sitting there. And he's like, looks dumbfounded, right? And I'm like screaming and things are flying out of my mouth. My fucking second wife, her name's Dawn, cool as a fan. Dawn sees what I'm going to do. She runs into the bar and she grabs the drummer because he's massive. Yeah. So I don't know he's behind me. And I'm like, rah, rah, rah. Now the singer's gone. The bass player, who the year later was in Starscream, I might add. <laughs> is that fucked up? Incestuous. We call him Cupcake. I love him. He's a good guy. He's still my friend. So Cupcake pulls up behind the fucking other rhythm guitar player and that Tommy Lee looking motherfucker who's this thin. I'm not afraid of a guy this thin. And I'm like, and they're all backing away from me. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, there's four of you. I would lose the fight. But I don't know. My drummer's right behind me. Yeah. And I'm like, you broke my bus. <laughs> and they're like, I swear to God, we didn't break your bus. <laughs> and the bass player, I'll hand it to him. He wasn't a bitch. He was like, man, we didn't break your bus, man. Just got to calm down. He was like that. He wasn't scared. He wasn't taken aback. And then I was like, all right, motherfuckers, bet. We're going to get even. And the drummer's like, listen, man, in his Tommy Lee way. <laughs> if I wanted to fuck you up, I'd have put a knife there with Tom and up there, and then you couldn't have played the drums. I'm like, do you think I don't have a fucking drum kit on my fucking bus right now, Tommy Lee looking motherfucker? I don't do fucking drums. Anyway. <laughs> so then I back away. I not say that F word. Hey, it's Tommy Lee. Yeah, you tried really hard for I, a minute. I there. did you like did. 10 minutes. So anyway, I go back to my bus. I got to figure it out. I had to go depart. I didn't know Matt was behind me, the drummer. If he wasn't there, there's a good chance Center Saints would have just beat the shit out of me. Because I was in their face like, ah, rah, rah, rah. I think Sam had left already. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like a thing. I didn't even know the bass player. I think it's James back then. So anyway, that happened. And um, and so that's my last run-in with Center Saints for a while, right? And then we may, I don't know, another year goes by and they become kind of like every... Christmas Day, they would play Whiskey Tango. Do you remember that? Yeah. It was the Sinner Saints Christmas. And go ahead. Look, I never got it. I never got the allure of that band. I never, they didn't do nothing for me. There's a reason for that. And I'm, I'm sorry. It's just, these are facts. That guy couldn't sing very well. Okay. And they, there was a lot of cock and not a lot of rock. Like you got to be a cock rock, I guess, but you got to bring the rock. The drummer wasn't awful. His meter was weak, but he wasn't awful. That one guitar player was good. Was very good. His name was Bones. He was good. The rhythm player who was six foot four couldn't play. And the bass player wasn't a bass player. I know this because he wound up in Starscream. Like he was a guitar player, they put a bass in his hands. And he was alright, but he wasn't a bass player. You know what I mean? He he would say, he's like, I'm not a bass player, I'm a guitar player. So it wasn't like a great like you know how when you built Cellar Door, it's from the ground up and it's a solid band. Yeah. You know what I mean? The same thing with leaving a legacy. I'm sorry, a new legacy. And pistol and pistol razor. Yes. Like you build like a band. They didn't do that. It was like, hey man, are you cool? Can you hang out? Let's do lines. Woo, boozy boozy pop. Now here's the thing. Here's how you know you <laughs> Lee Roth is in this band. Well, they wanted that's what he wanted. He did. That he, was his thing. That's, he was his thing. He never grew his hair out. Now I'm bald, right? He never grew it out. Donnie didn't grow his hair out, and I'd watched him for five years. Now here's the wrinkle to being in a band like this. My brother, I'm looking at the camera, I'm an asshole. They had a five year run 
Donnie had a really pretty wife who had a real career. And she was like, hey, you got this much time and then you got to stop. And of course, they never got a record deal. There's no right. songs. They didn't do anything. They wound up with the same producer that I wrote about in this book. And he did a single for them. And it sounded good, but it was like, eh. And I know the producer because, you know, eh. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So they stopped. And then I felt, uh, between me and you, I was sad. I don't think there's a between me and you right now. We're on camera and this is going on YouTube. Remember? Hustler. Hopefully, the goal is that it's not between you and I. <laughs> Hustler. Hustler Magazine. Larry Flint. Man. Larry Flint. Do you remember what preacher was attacking Larry Flint for the better part of a decade and they went to court together? I, I, I know. Falwell. 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 Yeah, Jerry Falwell. Jerry Falwell. Yes. Okay. When Falwell died, Flint was like, I'm sad. And I don't know why I'm sad. And when Sinner Saints broke up, I was sad. I was like, no, we're in the good fight against each other. Like, it's a thing. And then yeah. they weren't there anymore. And now it's like, I'm like, maybe they'll get the band back together. <laughs> <laughs> I need to beef with somebody. But right after that, we made Nice Nice. I did a show at Whiskey Tango another year. So now it's like 10, maybe 2010. And I remember wearing a Sinner Saint shirt on stage. And then Donnie or somebody wore a Starscream shirt on stage. And we were supposed to be cool. And their fans, and they did have fans, hated us. Yes. Like, hated Starscream. Which I thought was amazing. I was like, we're the better band. I don't know how the fuck you don't know this shit. But I don't know. It happened. But now they're gone. And that was like our nemesis for a while. And they don't exist. And I'm like, aw. And then there was years. You it's know, all right, dude. We can find new ones. Well, no. I think we're too old now. No, we're not. No, no. Now I'm like, I'm like the old guy in the club. Like, all right, I want to be in the stage manager last night for that show, and it wasn't even my fucking show. That that's not fair. I gotta just relax. Yeah, you kind of definitely did, but did. you did that to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you could have just let that go. Nobody was running anything. That's what it is, man. Like your band wasn't instructed to do what they were supposed to do by anybody, and that's not fair, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I, I mean, really, it was McManus's show, I guess, technically. No, it's really not, though. He was, like, he's just hosting an event. Like, that's not, you know. And, like, I love the sound guy there. He's really nice. He's not a good sound guy. But he, um, I, I looked him in the face. I'm like, do you have a DI box? And he's like, I have no idea. And I'm like, don't you work here? Like, I know I don't work here. And then, then I had to remind him while you were playing. I'm like, hi, can you ask the owner if there's a DI box here? And he's like, okay. And he, and he did. And he got one. But it was a thing. Anyway, what did you think of the show last night? I thought it was a lot of fun. Dude, I had a blast last night. I did too. Times. What was the name of that band with the letter A? I can't say their name. Astrofels? They're good. They are good. They're a bit proggy for my taste. Agreed. They, Agreed. they covered Nirvana. Now, that's how you know I'm old as fuck because the song they covered is 31 years old. I don't think they're 31 years old, anybody in that band. So to them, it's like this new thing. They're like, all right. Oh, I told a story last night at the club. In, 19, in, the club. in 1995, we covered The Doors. And I'm like, we're so awesome. This is classic rock. And some 50-year-old guy was like, you're just tool bags. I remember when this came out. Yeah. And that's how I feel about Nirvana. I remember when that was on the radio. So I was, I was like, oh, they're playing Nirvana. Cellar Door used to end every show with Rock into the Free World. That was our closer. Did you get that from the Pearl Jam thing? Yeah, we did it cooler. Explain. <laughs> I don't know. We just rocked the shit out of it. We made it fucking tough. All right. Can I tell you a secret I don't tell anybody? Yes. We're playing Sonic Reducer now. Yes, you are. And you know we're really playing the Pearl Jam version. We're not playing the Dead Boys version. That's okay. Because <laughs> when I was a little kid, like you were, actually I wasn't little, I was like a teenager. 
91, 16. When they came out, when I heard the version of Sonic Reducer, I didn't know who the Dead Boys were yet. I just didn't. I'm not going to lie. I just didn't. That's a thing. And so I fell in love with their version. And then you go to South Street and you go to record shops and you learn the history because back then there's no internet. Yeah. You had to do some research. And then I'm like, oh, it's a Dead Boys cover. And I like the Dead Boys. I don't love the Dead Boys, but I like the Dead Boys. So we do it. We just brought it back. But I say just. It's like a year now. I'm playing it for like a year. But it's yeah, like, you've been banging that out for a while. But we, we used to play it in the 90s. We loved it, dude. Anyway, go ahead. It's a cool jam. So why'd you stop doing the Rockin' in the Free World thing? The band ended. Oh, duh, yeah. Don't, don't, it's don't. not a band anymore. So I, I don't have the luxury of being in the same band for 25 years. Well, it, let's be fair. It's only me and Sam. So. <laughs> I, I don't, well, I guess I do have that luxury, technically. But Johnny Mac, who is now the official drummer of Starscream. Holy crap, Johnny Mac's the drummer of Starscream. Congratulations. Did you know that? Now everybody knows. They knew at the club last night. Everybody fucking knew already. No, but then somebody online didn't know and was like shocked. I did see that. Did you see that? I was like, no. I was like, <laughs> like, dude, this was the like the most poorly kept secret in the world. Like, Only in our circle, though. Yeah, but like, even if I would like make like backhanded comments about it, like not even saying that it was an actual thing, people like I did it like three or four times, and whoever I was talking to was like, yeah, I already know. No one, no one's supposed to know. <laughs> Everyone knew. Everyone knew. And I didn't say anything for a long time. I, I mean, well, I knew right away because, you know. We had a transitional drummer for 14 months. And then he came to practice and he was like, wasn't happy. And I was like, do you want to do this? And like, Should I look elsewhere is what I said. And he said, yeah. And I was like, okay. This is, oh. oh. All right. Story time again. So we're, we we're at rehearsal. The drummer gets mad at me. That's actually the story of my entire life. And um, I said, hey, I apologize for happening to that. And then his exact words were, well, you're not sorry. And I'm like, well, one second ago, I just said I apologize. So then I was a little annoyed. And I was like, is this going to work? Are you unhappy? We got to move elsewhere. And he said, yeah, you should probably look elsewhere. And I'm like, all right, we're going to look elsewhere. Cool, fine. And then Sam goes outside to have a cigarette after we played a couple of songs. And Sam's like, text Johnny Mac. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I text Johnny Mac. And he, and he calls me, and I'm like, oh, and, I, and the drummer's around, so I can't talk. And I, like, click it off, and I go out, and I'm like, what's up, buddy? He's like, I'm like, I told him what happened, and he was like, oh, I'll be there in an hour. And I'm like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we finished practice. At 12 o'clock, somebody resigned. He agreed to do more shows. He played after us. There was a show after that still. And then uh, by 1.30, Mr. Mac was the drummer in Starscream. Yeah. And then for six weeks, I had to sit on it and not fucking say anything. <laughs> at his request. At his request. And I was just like, hmm. 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 And we have like graphics made and pictures and all kinds of stuff. At this Super point. awesome. We're trying. And he's your drummer too. He's also my drummer, which is fantastic. Are any drummers not in multiple bands at this point in our lives? Are any drummers not? Your drummer's in two bands. Both my drummers are in multiple bands. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm in two bands. Max and in both three. Of those drummers are in other bands. That's what I'm saying. So it's like a thing, right? I guess it's a thing. I, well, it's a, it's a hard gig. It's hard to have two bands. <clears throat> No, no, but it's hard. Drop being a drummer is a hard gig. It's oh, like yeah. it's like a thing. I don't know, man. My my biggest concern is that man, I'm gonna we're gonna beat Johnny Mac up if Pistol Razor and Starscream play shows. There's better. already shows booked. I know. Like there's already like the next one. There's a Dom show. <clears throat> the good part is you play early with one and then late with the other one. Yeah. So he's got the middle to relax, and he said he's all right with it. I don't know. At least he'll be warmed up. <laughs> I think he has a choice to be all right with it. It's just going to happen. This was all in the discussion, though. You were coming over to podcast that day, so you yeah. were literally the first person outside of the band to know what happened. Oh, I know. I walked in, and I'm like, why are you here? You knew before Johnny Mac's wife knew. 
I'm not lying to you because he had gotten hired and six minutes later you walked in the door. Sorry, Tim. You're like, ready to podcast. And I'm like, he's like, hey, my drummer's in your house and he's holding drumsticks. What's happening Why here? Are you, what's going on? And then I found out. It's a whole thing. All right, we never even got to Twitter. We never even got to Twitter, bro. No, we did not even get to Twitter. It just spun off. Any more Sinner Saint stories or is that all there is? No, I think that's it. I mean, we played a couple shows with them back in the day. Uh, Cellar Door lost a battle of the bands to them, got in bank shots. No shit. Yeah, we were one and two. That's hurting. That that that's. I still think we were better bands. We um we had a chance to open up the Warp Tour in '05 because we were doing really well that year, and we got on a, on a battle of the bands thing. It was through Dobbs, which was at the time was called the Pontiac Grill. Yeah. And there was like press a little bit. We were in um, I forget the name of it. It's the City Paper or something. No, what's the free paper they give you on SEPTA? Do you remember uh, what it was called? I don't remember, but I know what you're talking about. And we were in that. And I didn't know we were in it. So I, I back then, I didn't have a job. We just toured, right? So I would sleep till noon, 1 o'clock. I wake up, and I have like 50 missed messages, right? And they're like, oh, my God, you're in the paper this morning. So I went across the street because we lived next to a bus terminal at the time. <laughs> and there we were on the cover. Like the fucking, like we're one. They're like, one big band gets his break. And I'm like, we're going to win the Battle of the Bands next week. And we got beat by 11-year-olds. Ouch. And I remember the one kid wearing sunglasses on stage. And I was like, well, that must have did it. Like, he just wore the sunglasses, so he gets to open up at the... Okay, Let, let's talk about this for a second, because you and I have discussed this in the past. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about singer pet peeves that you have, because I, I, I know that we've talked about this before. I don't... All right, here's the problem. I'm so old, and I've been around so long. Do sunglasses on stage bother you? Because I don't, th- I think it's annoying and not cool. Not anymore. Not anymore. Um, I'll be honest. If you're talking about a frontman, a, a singer, yes, you better have some charisma. Like the whole like looking at my shoes thing and tuning my guitar and not talking to the crowd in between songs. Right. That really upsets me. You got to sell it. Like if you're singing these words that are from your heart that you wrote about this or that or whatever right. happened in your life, when you get on stage, I need you to express it. Yeah. In any way you can, whether it's joy or it's sadness. Like you brought up a couple weeks ago, Kurt Cobain. We were talking about like best front men. Yeah. And I didn't agree with it. But I got to admit to you that since then I've been thinking about it a lot. Because I take what you say, I, I take it seriously. And I want to like give a good like thought process and reference to it. Well, thank you. He could sell it. Yeah, like he sold it. He, it was subdued, but it exuded emotion. But he had the thing. He the had thing. The thing. The thing. And... and I'll be honest with you, Lane Staley, who's a much better vocalist, didn't, didn't have ha- that much of a thing. And that's the fact. Yeah. He, the songs are great, but no one ever left going, that singer really connected with me. It was very subdued. Yeah, now I've seen him be great. I haven't. I haven't. But, you know, I don't think he had now, much of the thing. We adore Chris Cornell. If he wasn't in the mood to perform, he didn't perform well. Yeah, that's true. Always sang perfectly. Now, when I saw him, he was he was larger than life. He was amazing. I saw one of them, and then I saw a subdued version. All right, here's what happened to me. Sorry to cut you off, bud. No, fine. We see Soundgarden in 96 when it was ending, and I knew we didn't want to be there. It sold out, right? Me and Johnny Mac together, we're kids, we're not even 21 years old, we're watching this show, and you can tell Chris Cornell is just going through the motions. He sang great, he yeah. played great, did not want to be there. The next time I see Chris Cornell live, he's on the first tour with Audio Slave at the Electric Factory. Yeah. Now, it's funny, I have seen Chris Cornell three times in my life, and every time's in the Electric Factory, which is weird, because they, they play huge venues. But Soundgarden did the Electric Factory tour in 96, and then I saw him again in 04? 
with Audio Slave, and he was on fire. Like he was happy to be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then with my second wife, pretty cool chick, she took me and her brother to the Chris Cornell solo concert. Remember when he made that record with Timbaland? Yes, I do. I saw that show. And I didn't hate that album. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's just not great. No, but there, there's there's some hidden gems on it, though. There's some decent gems. Always, always, always. So we see that show, and they're covering Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. They're on fire. That show was so good, I left it and bought another Gibson Les Paul gold top. Because it was... <laughs> that's right. I, and I didn't have the money. I was broke, kind of. I was like, I think I just left my yellow book job, so I was kind of broke. I was starting my company. I didn't have any money, right? So I go, and I'm like, I'm going to figure this out, but I'm buying myself another Gibson Les Paul. <laughs> Because that guy's playing. So we have. <laughs> anyway, it was a different kind. So they had like that kind of gold top, had smaller pickups and shit. And I'm like, I'm buying that. And I bought it. And I still have that gold top to this day, as of all. So he inspired me a lot, Chris Cornell. But I'm telling you, live, bro, it wasn't always fucking. He wasn't always on. Did... No, no. Did you ever catch a bad one? Of his? No. No, I never saw him be bad. I'm telling you, when he was in Soundgarden at the end, he didn't enjoy it. How many no. times did you get to see him live? Twice. So audio and Both solo. Audio slave. Oh wow! Both audio slave. Now, do you know why he left Audio Slave or what happened? This is sad. He was on drugs, okay, right? Well, and he called them. And actually, he had his manager call. And he's like, "Listen, Chris wants to stay in the band. So going forward, he gets fifty percent of the publishing, and you guys split the other fifty percent." And they're like, "No, we split it. You know, twenty five percent each." He's like, "No, no, no. Chris Cornell, if he continues to be in your band, wants fifty percent of all the publishing going forward, and that's just the way it is." Okay. And they were like, "We're not doing that." And that was the end of the band. Yeah. And then Chris did apologize to him later. He's like, "Man, I was a little fucked up. I was on drugs. I needed money, and I apologize." And then he passed away, which is sad. How do you? Uh, how do you need money? Divorce, man. Yeah. As someone who's navigated that shit a few times, okay. well, see, so I, I haven't, I haven't treaded those waters and don't intend to. And don't you don't want to do it? I, uh, you want to hear something? Oh my god! You said nothing's nothing, so I ain't worried about it. Yeah, but no, that's the problem. When you have seventy million, and yeah. now you're negotiating future royalties, and she would tell you the first wife, she was the manager of Soundgarden. She navigated their entire career. Yeah. So in her mind, that's she gets. Her money future residuals forever and she was really pretty too anyway I got off the bus last night which I drove by myself to the venue which I never do there's always somebody with me and I parked in that back lot and I got out and I swear I said this out loud I don't think I can live through another divorce (laughs) I don't think I can do it I had one pass away and then I had two divorces both pretty nasty the last one gutted me I would recommend not getting married again I know I like it though (laughs) I figure if I wait long enough... I understand that you... You like, like being married? I do. But I've been married once, and that's it. Those are rookie numbers. you got to fucking punch up no, those numbers, man. I'm quite content where I'm at, dude. I'm like, just saying. Fine. Can't judge me. i got to get married if I want to. Uh, you can. I'm saying maybe you like marriage, but maybe marriage doesn't like you. I don't know. I've had a journey through my life. I'll tell you what I think the answer is for me. An ironclad prenup. Okay. And if I do that, and actually the next person, so my first one, oh, this is so bad. This is, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I keep hijacking the whole thing. That's fine. 12 feet tall and bulletproof, available online right now. You can buy that shit for Christmas. The reason I bring this up, my friend. You have my signed copy for me? I don't yet. They're coming. They are coming. Here's the thing. I'm totally kidding. I really don't need a signed copy. Ew, I was going to give you one. That's fine. Sweet. Yeah. That can be my Christmas present. My first wife was a millionaire's daughter, which I didn't know. 
she wasn't like bragging that shit, but she came from real motherfucker money, right? And then she leaves. I really thought I was that was it. My life was done because like her dad was gonna pass away and she was gonna inherit millions of dollars. And he did pass away soon after. Like and I'd be like, oh, like but. Hey, it is what it is, right? We live through it. Second wife was the first person I'd been with who made more than six figures a year. And that was like a comfortable environment because I wasn't making it yet. So it's like, oh, okay. So that was nice. And then the third one, I married for love. (laughs) No money, no career, no education, nothing. Now, she can save money, but when you make this much money and she saves it all, it doesn't really help. And then when she left, she was burnt it down to the ground. She took everything. She took things my mother gave me. She had to give things back later. Like, we kind of were, like, on better terms. And I was like, could I just have the shit back that you stole from my house, you know? But, like, like if you look... I'm not telling you to turn around, but if you look behind you, there's a lot of furniture. And then when she said she was gonna, like, wreck my car... I didn't know, I know what, what to, to, do. to do. Bro, I... I I remember going to my friend's house for like a good eight hours and just hanging out there the day she moved out finally. And when I came in, you know, I'm a bit of a neat freak. You might have picked up on that. I have noticed, yes. There were some crumpled leaves in the yard because it was like March and I hadn't like done landscaping yet. It was like from the trees and stuff. They were just crushed all over the living room behind you, all over the floor. It was just filled with leaves. So they had obviously walked in and out 50 times and didn't give a fuck. So they do that. The floor is disgusting. There's holes in the wall that they were poking as they walked out the door. Like hit this, hit that. So that's upsetting. And all I had left was a folding chair from the garage. It was my bed, this table we're sitting at, and a folding chair. So I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm not poor. I'm going to go buy a couch right fucking now at like nine o'clock at night or eight o'clock at night or whatever it was and it was cold and it was dark and i get in my truck and i drive to um a save a lot right save a lot sells very shitty furniture i don't know if you know this um, it's save a lot so i'm assuming that yes if they sell furniture it is shitty so i go in i'm more surprised that they sell furniture than i am about the fact that it's shitty i go in i sit on the shitty couch and i'm like all right 800 bucks all right i'll just buy a shitty couch Go up to the lady. I'm like, hey, I got my credit cards there right now. Like, She's like, oh, Randy left for the day? You can't buy a furniture now. You'd have to come back in the morning because he'd have to go in the back of the truck and get it for you. And I was like, I have my own truck. I'll get it. Just please, I just want a fucking couch. And she's like, no, Randy left. Come back tomorrow. Who the fuck is Randy? So I don't know Randy. So it's... <laughs> They left on a Friday, right? I get up Saturday morning. I can't really... I, all I have is a bed. I remember watching TV in my living room, because I have a nice TV, on a folding chair like a sucker. And I'm like, this is just the worst. So I get up in the morning, 8 o'clock, bright and early. I get a shower. I go over. I go in. That girl, 8 o'clock in the morning, couldn't you go buy a better couch, though? Let me finish, man. Let me finish my story, man. I, no, actually, you would think that, wouldn't you? Yeah. But there's more to the story. Yeah. So I drive back, and I'm like, that's why I want this shitty couch. And he looks at me in the face. He's like, oh, yeah, it'll be there in two weeks. And I'm like... I want it now. My truck's right there. He's like, listen, Randy. <laughs> he's like, listen, I'm, I'm sorry. That girl gave you bad information. We don't do that. I can't say off the floor. And he, I was like, they're in the truck in the back. He's like, I can't let you go out there. I have to, in two weeks, it'll be there. I'm like, I need a couch now. So King Sam's wife, who I text about this says, go here. And I'm like, okay, go there. They're like, yeah, it'll be there in 10 days. I'm like, I need a couch now. Today. Go to Ray Morton Flanagan. 10 days. So, Actually, I think at the end, I went to like four furniture stores because you said it was 8 o'clock in the morning. And I finally found one and I bought it on Saturday and I had it by Wednesday, which isn't that bad. 
but I wanted to shit. Still pretty bad, so, you know. Saturday night, I'm in bed watching TV like a loser. Sunday night, I'm in bed. Like, it sucked, man. And then I got a thing. And then here, that evil woman kept a key because there was, like, more stuff kind of in the house. And I'll never forget, I was, like, asleep in my bed, like, oh, I'm at peace. The woman has left me. And I hear someone singing in my kitchen at 8 o'clock in the morning, like, one random day. And I come in, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And she's like, oh, you don't know. I'm like, with her fucking accent. And I'm like, get out of my house. And she's like, no, I could be here. I'm like, you can't be here. No. She called the cops on me. The cop shows up and he's like, do you live here? And she's like, no. And they're like, get the fuck out. Goodbye. And that was it. That was it. The worst part is that if she really wanted to fuck with you and they said, do you live here? All she had to do was say yes. Yeah, she's not. She wasn't smart, it turns out. Apparently like, that's not. the thing. And I remember the first time she called the cops on me, and there was like five times. I never hit her. Never hit her. Good, good. She could, plus. She could have said that I did, though. Yeah. And what would I do? Nothing. What would I do, right? Because that's what scares me about marriage. So if somebody moves into your house and your address is on their license and they say, Vex hit me, you go to jail. <sighs> mm-hmm. <sighs> never hit her. I should have. I should have. Oh, no, no, no. Let's fucking, yeah, I'll flip that shit. <laughs> She dated a guy behind my back for four years. Like, like met me, and I was like, you're a little crazy. Stay away from me, right? I meet her in like, I don't know, September, October, November. You with that first thought. She time. keeps nagging me. January, I hang out with her, and I'm like, all right, she fucks pretty good. She's cool. I'm going to hang out with her. By February, she's dating someone else. I don't know. I don't know. And then I had to run into that person who's a fucking musician. Oh. Apparently she has a type. Yeah, because the new one's a musician too, ironically. Oh, enough. boy. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I was the first. That's all I could say. So, Where are you? Where are you? No. She's a tramp from hell, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no, man. So, yeah. <laughs> moral of the story is don't I guess don't get married unless unless you're Dave Dave got married it Yo, worked out I for him I got married and I'm totally cool with it I think the key is just start with absolutely nothing on both ends there that's the secret that's not the secret no it's probably not you didn't get any kids in the mix so that's a thing well I, my marriage came with one but yeah but that, that's different that's like yeah. the, like to add later kind of messes up. I don't know. I, I never did it. But my marriage came with one too. And I accepted. That's the way it works. Yeah. But like adding like the whole infant thing in your life and the crying oh, yeah. well, and all that, that stuff. It it's a whole thing. I think I think you really have to find someone who is 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 willing to fight the good fight with you. Respectfully. Like you like gotta that. be teammates. You gotta you know be willing to scrap every once in a while. Does she come to every show? No. Yeah. Not everyone. But she likes coming out. Yeah. That's good. Had fun last night. It's a good time. It was good Had last night. It was good time. Sheets of penalty was really good last night. Yeah, man. I like the bass player. Mike I, Collins, if you're out there, you sounded good last night. He did. And he said he couldn't hear anything you, on stage. You couldn't hear yourself. You sounded good. And I couldn't hear myself either. I couldn't hear shit. Normally we do okay. I don't know. I don't know. Bad mix, maybe. Eh. Here's what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode number 162 of the Vex on Vex podcast. The Vex on Vex podcast is available on the Podbean application on your phone under the Loud and Loaded Network. And what we'll have to do for the next couple of shows. Available online 
12 feet tall and bulletproof, the VexX autobiography. You can go to the Starscream Facebook page, the VexX Instagram page, and mine is Vex Starscream on Instagram, and you'll see the clip. I'm sorry, the link for the book. Dave, thank you for your time. Always a pleasure, sir. Go birds, mother trucker. I didn't DVR it. Mm, it just started. All right, this is VexX telling you to stay frosty. I gotta forget how to drop the live. It's gonna be fun. Good luck.